1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, fire it up, baby. 40 minutes of commercial-free radio. And I'm Vince Quinn with you, in for Marks and Reese. Happy to be here. Hope you've enjoyed the show so far on a New Year's Eve. Hope you got some fun things going on tonight. I'm going to a house party. You know, it'll be pretty busy. I think it'll be pretty cool. I haven't, I don't get out all that much anymore. I'm an old man. I'm living with my girlfriend. You know, I'm in the, I, I'm working all the time. Hey, it's a holiday. I'm here. I'm working. It's what I do. So to get out to see people, uh, not not always a given. Anthony Foley's producing the show. Foley,
2: what are you doing tonight? Uh, got a little Airbnb uh, house party as well. Oh, um, right Airbnb house party! Right all right, right. Nice spot in the city. So I like Just it. Keeping it safe. No drinking and driving, of course.
1: Yeah, that's the move, that man. Goes
2: for everybody.
1: Yeah, don't do it. It's seriously like that's I, I screw around a lot on this. Sh- well, not this show because I'm never on this show. But when when I'm on the air, I screw around a lot. Don't just don't do it. Like just Uber, subway, bus, whatever. Like get a friend. It's it's, it's easy.
2: Now, I always had, like, the highest expectations for, like, New Year's or Fourth of July. Like, I have to have, like, the craziest day. But now, like you said, we're getting older. I just want to kick back and chill, man. Play it safe. And I'm not paying $100 to get into, like, bars and stuff. No!
1: In the city. Oh, my God, yeah. It's ridiculous. If you just pay for a low price of ninety nine ninety nine, you can get a single glass of warm champagne. Uh that's a deal. It's, it sounds like a robbery, but okay. If you, if you make it sound so great, like that stuff has never done anything for me when it comes to new years. I'm glad I don't do that anymore. It's been house parties for like the last, however long. And, uh, I, I dig that. Or just honestly, you get like five people together, you sit on a couch and you just relax and crack a beer. Like that works for me. I can do that stuff, but just the, like, woo, New Year's, woo, like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need any of that. Um, so, again, I'm Vince Quinn in for Marks and Reese, and a weird stat has been getting a lot of popularity when it comes to Carson Wentz, because what did he do? Well, interesting thing. One, he's the first Eagles quarterback to ever throw over 4,000 yards, which surprised me. You know, I was like, man, Donovan never got 4,000? Apparently not. He got close. I I would figure he had some seasons. He definitely had a bunch of seasons at the high, like 3,800, 3,600, 3,700. So maybe a game shy, a good game shy of 4,000. But he never got to that point. So one, that's a credit to Wentz in itself. He got 4,000 yards. The other element of this that people are trying to add a lot of weight to the equation here is that he didn't have a single receiver go for over 500 yards while he did it. Now, I'll say this. I don't know how much that's really worth. Is it cool? Yeah, it's cool. It's interesting. It's a good credit to Carson and what he's been able to do because especially over the last couple of weeks, he's had all of these new receivers pop in and he's made it work with them. So that's impressive. But to be fair, Alshon pretty close to 500 yards and he got injured. So that's part of the equation. Uh, Deshaun, you know, who knows how quickly they could have done it. But also, who did get the receiving yards? Well, Ertz has just under a 1,000. He's got 900 something. Dallas Goddard has over 500 receiving yards, so that's really good. The Eagles like tight ends, and the way the game has changed, tight ends are basically wide receivers, so it's not like nobody got 500 yards. Zach Ertz is as good a wide receiver as anybody in the NFL. That guy gets open and catches passes just as good as anybody. Last year, he set the record for receptions as a tight end. He deserved that. He's better than a lot of people at catching passes, so Is it cool? Yes. Am I happy for Wentz? Yes. Is that like the mantelpiece kind of stat to say, well, Carson should be the MVP or something like that? No, it's it's a pretty good number. And again, I'm happy for Carson. The real big thing is just everybody's on his team now. You know, remember a couple of years ago, we had this beautiful thing when Wentz first started where... We renamed the state. We all got together and we said, we are no longer Pennsylvania. We are Wensylvania, and it is good. And I liked that. That was nice. You know, all these people making shirts and selling them on a corner in South Philly. Like, that was great. And we're at that point again. I think we're finally back where, as a fan base... Everybody's supporting Carson Wentz. The locker room, everybody's supporting Carson Wentz. And we can move on. We can turn the page and enjoy this era of having a legitimate franchise quarterback. Is he elite? I'm not giving him that yet. I need to see more of this. If this stays up, sure. He's had elite moments. This is an elite stretch. But is he through and through overall 100% week in a week out elite? No, he's not. He'll get there. I think he'll get there. If This is a sign that he's turning the corner. So I buy all of that. It's, it's the emotional things. you know. The numbers aren't what's important here. But I am thrilled with what I'm seeing. And I'm happy for him. Now, here's the other thing, because we've been talking a lot about the coaching staff and how would you grade them? Because we've seen 16 games. The last four games have been phenomenal. It's a magical run. It gets them in the playoffs. We'll talk about it for years. But for 12 weeks, they really weren't that good. And that matters. That's a really important thing. It's easy to just say, hey, these last four weeks are all that matters. We're in the playoffs. Well, no. Last week was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. Just in terms of grit and will and just fun moments. Incredible game. Honestly, one of my all-time favorites. I really do mean that. But what if that game wasn't supposed to matter? I mean, were they supposed to be a team that was playing for the playoffs in Week 17 of the season? Should they have been so desperate that they needed to beat the Giants to get into the playoffs? No. That's not who they were supposed to be. They were supposed to be one of these teams that would steamroll people in a year where, I mean, my God, you've got all of these teams that are like 13-3, and 3, right? So many good records. The 49ers, the Packers, the Saints, all the 12-4, and 4, whatever it is. There's a lot of really good teams in the NFL. The Eagles were supposed to be one of those teams, but they're not. Now they're, they're in, and I feel good about them, and they're dangerous, and I think they'll beat Seattle, but they're not where they were supposed to be when the year started. And for a lot of this season, they underachieved. The offense looked lost. It was inconsistent. You wonder about play calling. Mike Groh was out the door. That's not the case anymore. Things have changed dramatically for the Eagles and their outlook over these last couple of weeks, and so... When you're trying to weigh the whole equation, the big picture, how good are they? How valuable is the job that they've done? How would you grade it? Well, that's the question I have for you, and you can get in at 888-729-9494, pound 9494. I give them a B. to B, Not an A yet. You beat Seattle? If they, if they go on the road and beat either Green Bay or San Francisco, now it's an A. But until that moment, those 12 games earlier in the season where they were inconsistent, where it was ugly, where when I would watch them play Seattle a couple of weeks ago and say, you know what, it's 17-9, to 9. there's two quarters left, something like that, I have no belief whatsoever they're going to win this game. Those feelings, those moments, those weeks, they matter. And so I just can't, I can't discount all of that. And I'm curious how you feel. How do you rate the coaching job of this entire staff? 888-729-9494. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Andy, who's in Maryland. What's up, Andy? Hey, Vince. How you doing, man? I'm doing good.
3: How are you? Good, good. Hey, out on the road. Hey, um, I never heard of you, man, so you sound pretty good. <laughs> kind of like the Eagles back up, man. You're doing good.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, next man up, right? Hey, Marks and Reese go out. I step in. I'm, I'm crushing the game, <laughs> baby.
3: <laughs> next
1: man up. Hey, listen, I, I just wanted to make a point.
3: Um... So we're talking about Carson Wentz like you were just saying, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people have forgot that in the Super Bowl year, Carson Wentz took the team. He was on his way to go to the Super Bowl, 11 games straight, right? And I think we forget that part. You know, we anoint Nick Foles. Yes, he won the Super Bowl for us and everything. But Carson Wentz got us to that point for him to take over. And now I see a very similar team now under Carson Wentz. I think now that I think Carson has actually kind of got his team now. He's kind of got his mojo back where he had it in the Super Bowl year. You yeah, know what I mean, totally. Uh, I am totally on board with it. I think yes, the coaching in the beginning was horrible, and you know, I, I don't know the play calling. I meant and. Um, there was a lot of bad stuff in the, in the play calling earlier in the year, but now I think that Carson's got this mojo back with these young guys. And he's, it's kind of like the underdogs again. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm looking forward to, I think they could beat Seattle and with, with the team and the mentality and the chemistry that they have right now, I, I think they can do it. I think the young guys want to prove their name. They want to get it. They're having fun. They're playing their hearts out. And, That's my point, you know, I I just think that people forget what Carson Wentz did in the Super Bowl year. I mean, he got us there, I mean, to the point where Nick Foles could take over. Yep, one seeds matter,
1: and Carson Wentz got them to a one seed. And Andy, hey, thanks, I I appreciate that you enjoy the show, I'm I'm glad you like it, and thanks for the call. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494, pound 9494. Let's go to Drew, who's in Westchester. Drew, you're on WIP, what's going on?
4: Hey, Vince. Happy and healthy to you. Uh, you too. Yeah, you know, I want I want to talk about the birds, but man, the Sixers are a, a, a sad distraction, and it is. Yep, it is ugly. Sad I distraction mean,
1: is right. I've got them on the TV in here, and it is. It's not worth it. Every time I look, I'm like, why am I looking? I might as well turn the TV off. It's just, it's I pointless. Mean,
4: didn't Didn't Brett Brown say something like, you know, they would come together by Christmas time? Well. They came together on Christmas, and after
1: that, it's been a disaster. Yeah, they just retired. It, it, they just decided, hey, we beat the Bucks on Christmas. We did it. We're going to the finals, and none of these games matter. We'll just figure it out in the playoffs. I mean, it's this going to be three straight, and you've had a couple of days in between. They're getting run out of the gym. It's, just, it's a really ugly thing to see, Drew. When you look at this team overall, the problem is effort, right? You want to see them consistently play hard, especially against those top opponents and um this is a game where they're playing a team right behind them in the standings and they're just getting
4: waxed yeah and especially coming off uh, coming off two frustrating losses you would think they'd be somewhat motivated but uh you know I got to tell you the buck stops with the head coach and um you know I've been feeling this way for quite a while I don't think Brett Brown's the right guy to get this team to the next level whoever regardless of the roster he's just he just has not shown me I don't have any confidence that he can get the team to play consistently through the season and in, into and through the playoffs. And I, I just saw i don't know a few minutes ago, there was a free throw the Pacers were on the free throw line and the Sixers went to inbound afterwards and all four players other than Ben Simmons, who was inbounding, all four of the other players went, went past half court. No one came for the ball. Josh Richardson probably is, is number one to blame for that. And Simmons had to try to pass it almost to half court. It got stolen. Al Horford tried to come back to get the ball, but, it got stolen in the easy lap uh, jump jumper, I don't know what it was, but it's just you know, somewhere the buck the the buck has to stop with Brett at some point, uh for, for all the embarrassing moments, whether it's uh Games that they're leading in, coming down the stretch of the uh, fourth quarter, and and they're committing stupid fouls, letting the other team get back in. And I forget which game that was, whether it was. Well, they just uh, had that against
1: the Heat the other day. I mean, they had turnovers at the end of the game. They had some ugly fouls, and that was a game they should have been able to close it out there in the fourth quarter. And they fought their way to get back in it, and they were behind for a lot of that game. And it was a it was a good stretch, and then they threw it away, and they lose in overtime. So it's just like, what was it worth? That's the Sixers experience, man. And and Orlando, too. So, hey, Drew, I I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And if you want to get in, 888-729-9494. We've been talking about the Eagles coaching staff. And what grade do you give them? A, B, or C right now on Twitter. By the way, if you want to hop in at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. 56% of people give them a B. So, 56 with a B. 32% say A. And there's still a 10% that gives them a C. Getting into the playoffs. Not enough to erase the stench of those first twelve games. So I get it. I get it. It was ugly early in the season. They really disappointed. But man, it's with everything they've done now, the Herculean effort team wide now, you just gotta give it to them. I mean that's it's at least a B. It's at least an above average coaching job on the season as a whole. But again, whatever you feel about it, eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. And also talking about your sportsman of the year as we close the year out Who is that person in Philadelphia sports, player, coach, executive, owner, whatever you want to do, concessions guy, gritty, maybe it's gritty. Uh, Who's your sportsman of the year? We'll take those as well. And let's go to Josh in Fishtown. Josh, you're on WIP.
2: Vince Quinn, happy new year to you.
1: Happy new year to you as well.
2: You're doing a banging up job. uh, Thanks. I just just wanted to talk about the birds. Uh, Let's talk about politics and culture. Uh, for the, the entire season, I, I've I listened to WIP and hear Eagles fans calling in, you know, berating the, the coaching staff, and, you know, there, there are people wanting, you know, Carson should be gone. Hey, two years in a row, Carson Wentz is sitting on the sidelines as his team goes into the postseason with the team's backup quarterback winning the Super Bowl and then lead him on another run through the playoffs. He's playing his first year. The beginning of the year, you know, coaching staff, all new coaching staff. You know, you don't have Frank right there. Uh, you just yeah, – a whole bunch of new changes. Everybody's getting their footing. Everybody's getting hurt. And Wentz has to look into the eyes of people like Alshon Jeffries and uh, Crybaby Aguilar, uh, who couldn't catch a pass to save his life. And you got Jeffries, you know, bad-mouthing him to the media. Every huddle, he's got to look into the face of these guys. You know, uh, natural selection happens over the course of the season. Everybody gets hurt. And, uh, you know, you got these practice squad guys come up. They're looking to follow their leader, who's Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz shows what he can do. And, and what do they do? They win a bunch of games. Everybody looks great. Doug Peterson brings in his coaching staff. And and, and now they're on a playoff run. You don't have Alshon Jeffries out there. You don't have uh, Cementhant, Aguilar. Uh, you have people... And balls and they look like a football team again they do uh, and, and everybody everybody's saying you know well you know this is on the coaching staff well, where did this uh where did where did uh, greg ward come from and where did boston scott come from that's where you get into the politics uh, i think travis kelsey or, uh, travis kelsey jason kelsey touched on it sometime earlier in the week you know you got guys that are making millions of dollars that are proven nfl commodities that are starters I don't care what the coaching staff sees in a Boston Scott and, and how fast he's running or how he's breaking tackles on the practice squad. He's not going to get that opportunity if, if the situation doesn't present itself. So Eagle fans need to relax and, and, and realize that, hey, man, uh, maybe all of these injuries and this rough start to the season, uh, it, it, it's all for a reason. You know, Now you've got a Boston Scott. you got Greg Ward out there. Uh, My Miles coming through. Uh, the the Eagles' future is looking pretty bright. If you know this is this is this is what they are.
1: Yeah, it looks a lot better than it did just a couple of weeks ago. And again, you're, you're right. It's not just this year. It's also next year and the year after that. You feel like some of these guys are young. They will stick around and produce for at least, hopefully, a couple of years. Now, Josh, who do you have for Sportsman of the Year in Philly? Uh,
2: I, I told I told your producer somebody else. Uh, but but just in case it wasn't mentioned yet, the more I sat here and thought about it. I'm going. Doug Peterson is your is your sportsman of the year. I mean, you take a guy who, again, nothing but uh, he had he had change and upheaval. He had uh, he had injuries to deal with, uh, a new coaching staff to to get himself around, and, and the guy has taken a team that, like, again, out of the gate was supposed to be this juggernaut in the NFC. But you know, hey, things happen, and obviously the the culture of the team uh, went a different way, but this guy has turned it around. Uh, his team is now uh, into the playoffs, uh, and again, it's just him working his magic. Uh, he's the sportsman of the year in Philadelphia, by my estimation.
1: It's a great pick, and he's certainly one of the finalists. And Josh, thanks for the call. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T Verizon Wireless phones. I'm Vince Quinn, in for Marks and Reese. And you're listening to 94WIPHD1 Philadelphia, live from the Tasty Cake Studios. I hope you got something fun going on today. I mean, hey, it's 5 o'clock now. It's New Year's Eve. People are starting to get the house ready, you know, get all their plans, get dressed up for me, which is just like khakis and a sweater. I, I get dressed up in five minutes, which uh, I feel bad for women because, you know, you're going out, you're putting on the makeup, you're looking for the heels and the jewelry, and you're trying to get the whole thing set up. No, five minutes. You put on a pair of pants, put on socks, shoes. I kind of gel the hair if I'm feeling it, not typically. And I just put my schlubby butt out the door. I go to the party. I'm ready to go. So I'll be going to a house party tonight, and I hope you got something going on. But you don't have to. Again, it's not like 100 bucks at a bar is the only way to spend New Year's. You can just sit on the couch and have a good time. Now, we've been having a good time talking a lot about where this Eagles season has headed, how it's dramatically changed, and talking about the coaching staff. And think about this, by the way. Because for the coaching staff, right, we know how important that is. We've talked about it for hours. We've talked about it for weeks. We've talked about it for years. How much the coaching staff for the Eagles has mattered. And when you see the NFC East and all of this upheaval with the Giants, with the Cowboys, with the Redskins, I mean, they are having massive changes right now. And for them to go through all of that just makes me appreciate Jeffrey Lurie. We don't do it often. He doesn't come up all that much. A lot of times when he does, he gets criticized. But let's be honest. Lurie is about as stable and great an owner as you can ask for. He's not cheap. He lets people do their jobs. He's not you know, getting involved in everything, doing the John Middleton stuff of, hey, you want to keep a manager? Well, not anymore. I'm saying he's gone. Lurie doesn't do that. He sits back. He believes in his guys until he feels like he can't anymore, and then he moves on. But Howie Roseman keeps on chugging here. And he looks good. I mean, the last couple of weeks, it's changed how you feel about Howie Roseman, right? All these practice squad guys. He's finding people that other teams couldn't fit on the roster. And they've now propelled this team to the playoffs. Boston Scott is the biggest one. I mean, Boston Scott, he had three touchdowns last week. Three of them. It's amazing. He had to take over. Miles Sanders gets hurt. Jordan Howard, not healthy, on the field, in pads, played one snap. One single snap in the third quarter. They trot Jordan Howard out, they run a play action, and they bomb it deep. And it was called back. I mean, that's, that was the whole play. That's the whole contribution from Jordan Howard. For Boston Scott to carry that load and be that impressive is really special. And for Howie Roseman, all the gripes you want to have, he nailed that. Andre Dillard. They, I don't know what he's going to be yet, but he looks like a decent first-round pick right now. I don't think that was a bust. You look at Miles Sanders as a second-round pick. Home run. That's a home run hitter. That's a big-time pick. They nailed that. Ortega White, I'm not going to talk about him so much because really he's not helping his case. But there are a lot of things here, personnel-wise, that are starting to get figured out. And so when you look at the big picture here of the job that he's done, that's gotten better. And in part, it, it's an attribution that all of this, all of this turnaround, it, it has to do with Jeffrey Lurie. Think of Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, when he coaches games and they go poorly, Jerry Jones says something about him after the fact. He's on the radio. He's saying how he's disappointed. Think of the kind of pressure that generates. Now, would it be nice to hear from Lurie more? Yeah, sure. But what Jerry Jones down there, what he does down there, is horrific. I mean, he can't get out of his own way. It's about Jerry all the time. It's not about the organization. It's not about the team. He just, he likes Jerry too much. Dan Snyder in Washington, horrible at the job. Has no idea what he's doing. He left Bruce Allen there for the last 10 years. I think he had like a 62-98 like a and 98 record. Atrocious as a president. All sorts of dysfunction. Scandal after scandal after scandal in Washington. We don't have that here, and so to look at the Eagles and where they are in this position, where they could go on a playoff run, part of that, a small part of that, is it's due to Jeffrey Lurie. So credit to him. I mean, he absolutely deserves it. Now eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four pound nine four nine four is how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn in for Marks and Reese, and let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to oh, let's Wiz Wiz in Wilmington. What's going on,
0: Wiz? Hey, what's going on, Vince? I uh, got a couple coaching points and then a sportsman for you. Okay. For me, it's a shared blame between Mike Rowe and Jim Schwartz for how the team played and the games that we lost that we should have won, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. That Miami game wasn't the offense's fault. That was defensive breakdown 100%, and that goes to the formula that the Eagles have that isn't working anymore that's been changed over the last few weeks. We're not getting home with just our front four pressure anymore. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. league figured out, the Eagles, in 2017, 2018, the Eagles were getting home in two and, a half, two and a quarter seconds. 2.4 seconds tops. They were one of the fastest teams into the backfield. Now, quarterbacks have figured it out. Quick release, boom. That front four is negated. And Jim Schwartz was relying on that front four, but we have a substandard secondary. At, at, at the best, we have a at substandard secondary. At the best secondary. is correct, yeah. And and then Mike Groh... He, both of them get a C. Doug gets an A, which gives me a wash at an overall B because Doug has been able to rally the players, well, and me- that is what it comes back to. It's the players rallying around the team that are winning games that we have to win mm-hmm. that are we are where we are right now. It's teams, It's players that failed to be motivated by their coaches that lost us the games we should have won.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Wiz, because I I hear what you're saying. You're making a lot of good points. Though, if you're giving Mike Groh a C and Doug an A, and you see how far this thing has changed over the last couple of weeks, is it enough for Mike Groh to keep his job? Would you want him to stay as the offensive coordinator? Is that okay?
0: Yes, and I'll tell you exactly why, and that brings me to my sportsman of the year. All right. What the younger guys have proved, that they've stepped up, they can run this offense. They can work in this offense. You just have to have hungry players. And you had a, you had a caller a couple guys ago saying, you know, we have commodities that are established, a million-dollar players. I will take Greg Ward in a New York minute over Nelson Aguilar any day of the week, and he has been the MVP for me for the last month. As soon as he stepped on the field, and Boston Scott is now up there with him, Greg Ward showed me everything, and that gives me my sportsman of the year He doesn't have a name, and he doesn't have a face. My Philly Sportsman of the Year is the next man up. Every guy that you've never heard of, the who's who of who the hell is that guy, is our Sportsman of the Year. Okay, and I like it. I like it, Wiz,
1: and thanks so much, man. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 nine, four in your AT&T Verizon wireless cell phones. Now, I need to make an official important proclamation because when you have the power of being on the radio and, and being in for this show, which is the biggest afternoon show in the city, it's a great show. And, and honestly, it's an honor to be just filling in for a day. It, it really is. But when you have this opportunity, you got to make the most of it. Now, here's the thing, all right? Alshon Jeffrey. we've been hearing it all day. We've been hearing it for weeks. The idea that Alshon Jeffrey is a major part of the problem. He's got this big contract now. They can't just get rid of him. They can't just cut him. They might have to pay somebody to get him out of here. And how did it get that desperate? Well, it got that desperate because it seems to be the case that he was talking about Wentz to the media, doing it anonymously, and bashing the guy. Not a good environment. The relationship with Wentz did not seem to be good. And players have sorta of danced around that as well. So here's the official proclamation. Alshon Jeffrey is officially Alshon Jeffreys. I'm not calling him Alshon Jeffrey anymore. He is only Alshon Jeffreys. It's official. That's who he is until he's out of town. I've never heard of Alshon Jeffrey in my life, never seen him. I don't think he's a real person. Alshon Jeffries, however, kind of a problem, kind of a problem. So Alshon Jeffries, I hope they get rid of him sometime soon. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Joe in Jersey. Joe, what's up? Hey,
5: how you doing,
1: Vinny? I'm doing good. What's up, man?
5: I just wanted to talk to you about, uh, I wanted to give uh, one of the ratings for you. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to give Jim Schwartz a P. for predictable. (laughs) All you have to do is say, well, what's Jim going to do? Blitz three out of the four downs? Easy. Done. We figured Jim out. Fire him? You should have picked up Ron Rivera when the Panthers ditched him a couple weeks ago.
1: So, you know, so would you get rid of Jim Schwartz after this year?
5: He's he's too predictable. There's no thought process. It's going to be blitz, 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 blitz. I want someone technical. I want someone smart. Who's that fat guy with the beard in Detroit?
1: Um, Matt Patricia?
5: There you go. That guy <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's got like a three-win team, Joe. As the head coach, as a defensive coordinator, it might be different. I mean, maybe, but I, I, are you getting rid of Jim Schwartz for Matt yeah, Patricia? Jim Schwartz is a salami head. What do you want from me? Well, he, he, he they me did win I a Super him. Bowl. I give him a P. I don't uh, give him a D and F. I give him a P. A P. For Patricia. He's, he's predictable. Yeah. Bring in, bring in the chubby guy from Detroit. Maybe we'll stack him up on defense a little bit better. Wow. Wow. He's going from Joe. Also, also yeah, okay. I, love, I love Malcolm Jenkins, but in a couple years, he's going to need a wheelchair to get on and off the field. We got to ditch him now while he's worth
1: something. Well, right now you can't get him off the field. He plays every single snap and I believe that it's now officially he's played every single snap for the last 2 years. So, for what it's I know worth, I
5: saw that on the Twitter.
1: Yeah, so for what it's worth, Joe, he's only got 1 year left under contract. It seemed like he wanted another contract and they weren't interested in giving it to him. So, it might be that Jenkins either plays out next season and doesn't get a new deal or he gets dealt in the offseason. But there is a case that he isn't around much longer, and him playing all the snaps, as admirable as it is, might be the reason why that happens. So it is an interesting thing you bring up there. Thanks for the hey. call. I'm sorry I cut him off, but I appreciate it, Joe. And if you want to get in, 888-729-9494, pound 9494. But again, as we talk about the coaching staff and how you grade them over the course of the year, because the year is important. Four weeks does not make you coach of the year. It's 16 games in a season, and I can't ditch 12 weeks of professional football with a guy who's been here, with guys who have been here, and say, well, the last four weeks were amazing, and so none of that matters. Do I feel great about the team right now? Absolutely. As good as I felt, really all season long. In the preseason, I felt amazing about this team. I couldn't shut up about this team. I'm talking Super Bowl until the Cows came home. Cows never came home. You know, it was frustrating for forever. And now that they're playing this good of football, and I'm thinking of the Seattle game and saying, you know what, bring on Seattle. They're going to beat Seattle. This team's going to the divisional round. It's just a question of who they play. And, And Deshaun coming back, and maybe it's the NFC Championship game. I feel all that stuff. I'm in. I'm totally in on this team. Those other weeks do matter. And and so when you're putting the whole picture together, how do you grade this coaching staff, A, B, or C? The predominant thing has been A, B. Now, when you're looking at the offense, that's been the driving thing. That's what we've spent the most time on. Doug Peterson, Mike Groh, um For Doug, it's the coach of the year thing. For Grow, it's whether or not you bring him back. And for Jim Schwartz, it's the same equation. Last call right there, Got gave him a P for predictable. He wants Matt Patricia to come in. Over Jim Schwartz. Now, I'm certainly not going that route. If Ron Rivera was available, would I consider that? Yes. He's the head coach of Washington now. That is a pipe dream. It's over. So you're probably keeping Schwartz. And how would you grade him over the course of the season? Because I look at Jim Schwartz, and let's be honest, he had a lot of injuries at the beginning of the year. The same way that this team has been devastated offensively. They were just as devastated on the defensive side of the ball. They really were. How many cornerbacks could possibly get injured? It it really was unbelievable. It was like, uh, hey, I mean, it's Christmas time. You're opening all these packages, right? You get bubble wrap. You get it in your hands. Pop, 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 pop. Pop, you know, and and suddenly you've got a million little bubbles that have been popped. That's what it felt like. That was the defense at the beginning of the year. Again, the same way it's been with the offense now. This defense was obliterated. Craig James winning a game against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau is nothing short of miraculous. He did that. Like, (laughs) credit to Jim Schwartz with nobody in the secondary. All of these injuries with Jalen Mills and Craven LeBlanc and Ronald Darby and whether or not these guys are any good, Sidney Jones, I don't know how good Sidney Jones is. I figure you gotta bring him back now, unless he gets torched tomorrow, and we're like, oh, well, yeah, he came in, he had like three good plays, but overall he's just still not that good. You figure he comes back, but he didn't look good for most of the year, and maybe part of that is Schwartz in his development, and there's criticism to be made, but ultimately... He's done a pretty good job. Jim Schwartz has held his own over the course of the season. It's a typical Jim Schwartz season because he gives you some pretty good games, and then he gives you some horrible games. He gives you the occasional horrible decision, and you scratch your head, and you wonder. But has Jim Schwartz been bad? Does he deserve to be fired? Is, is he a big issue with this team? Does he have credit for them making the playoffs? I certainly think so. It's not easy to lose Malik Jackson at the beginning of the year, who I know we don't have the base because he wasn't here before, but that is a really good player that was supposed to be everything for this team next to Fletcher Cox. Just not here. Hassan Ridgway, gone. They're getting guys off the practice squad. Tim Jernigan wasn't ready for certain games. You just had nobodies coming in and starting. And that is incredibly significant. And for Jim Schwartz to get by like that, if you're going to give Doug Peterson all the credit now, if you're going to give Mike Groh all of the credit now, you can, sure. But Jim Schwartz deserves that credit early. Let's not play this game. Let's not unfairly look at these guys. You've got you to gotta do it equally. And Jim Schwartz did it early in the year. He deserves to be back. He's been good. He's been a B as well. If if I'm I'm giving Doug a B. I'm giving Schwartz a B. It's it's B's all around. So how do you feel about it? 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. On your AT&T and Verizon wireless cell phones. I'm Vince Quinn. In for Marks and Reese. Let's go to Phoenix. And we'll talk with Mitch. What's up, Mitch?
3: Vince, your grades mean nothing. If they win the playoff game this weekend, it doesn't matter what you're grading the coaches. You got a team that's... Totally decimated by injuries, and they pull off a win on Sunday. These grades are ridiculous.
1: Well, they change. You, they change, I'll Mitch. The two. grades matter I'll now because you, people are talking about him as coach of the year. So we gotta, yeah. yeah. So the grade matters.
3: I'll give you two grades, and they're and they're both from the 76ers I give the general manager an E, and I give the coach an E minus. <laughs> you know, here's a situation where they're down by. 30 points and what do they do or what does the coach do he lets Ben Simmons sit and rest this is the perfect time to tell Ben Simmons there's no pressure we're losing this game we're getting blown away go out there and shoot from every area of the court because you know something Ben I don't think you can do it I don't think you're ever going to do it and you are the p-word
1: well, Mitch, I appreciate it, and uh, it, very aggressive there. Um, look, I get what you're saying. For the Sixers, it's a horrible game. It's one of the worst games you can watch, and it's effectively over. It has been since middle of the second quarter. They're playing a terrible game against the Pacers. No Embiid today. They're getting run off the floor, and it's the third straight game that they're losing. So I get all the frustration, and it's ugly. And Ben Simmons and who he is and what he's become and what he hasn't become – there's a lot to say about it. Right now, he is a little bit of a disappointment. He has to be. He has to be. He's been directly challenged, and he's done nothing with it. Eight times free throws a game. Uh, one three-pointer a game. And he just shrugged it off. And nothing's been said about it. And there's reasons to criticize Brett Brown for that. He is responsible for not pushing these guys the right way. He hasn't shown that sense that he can do it, and maybe he's just always been too close to Ben Simmons. That might be the case. So. Am I firing Brett Brown yet? No. Because as ugly as these games are, and as much as the Sixers have problems, you've got to get them through the season still. We've got to see what these playoffs turn around. For the same way that we're looking at these Eagles and the way they've changed, maybe something sparks this team. Maybe they have some moment. Maybe Embiid is growing. The criticism that he got from Shaq and Charles, and then he comes out in the Boston game and just tears them apart. In the Heat game, as ugly as that game was, and he had a blunder late. The turnover late was really ugly. He scored like 35 and 11 in that game, so he came to play. They got to figure it out in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. And for Brett Brown, that's where the ultimate issue is going to lie. Now it would it's not going to help him losing games like this because the Pacers are right behind them in the standings. And you know, based on the games played, they might pass the Sixers with this game. I'm not positive, but. They need to do a better job. No doubt about it. But he also gets credit for beating the Bucks on Christmas. They dominated the best team in basketball at the time. That matters too. So, criticize Brett Brown. Criticism is deserved. But he also got Embiid and Horford to make Giannis an average regular guy. And so, those points are part of the equation. you got to look at the whole thing. We always like to pick and choose. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. It's, it's all equal. So, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 in your AT&T Verizon wireless cell phones. I'm Vince Quinn in for Marks and & Reese, And by the way, we just had 40 minutes of uninterrupted excellence. And that is brought to you by Guided Door & Window. Guided Door & Window's big winter sales extended through January. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call one 877 go or visit GOGUIDA.com. So when we come back, We'll talk a little bit more about the Sixers, your reaction to them just getting totally crushed by the Indiana Pacers. Really horrible game from them, and we'll continue to evaluate the Eagles coaching staff. That all coming up next.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
5: I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my
3: all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.